Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Matt Mosley Show. ESPN Central Texas. Campus Confidential coming up at 440. Eric Kelly from Fox 44. He loves Campus Confidential. He always tries to be in his car when he's driving around to all these high schools and everything. Uh, he's like, hey, it's 440. It's time to it's time to turn the Mosley show on. I'm trying to see why Eric's out here like uh, posting stuff from the women Texas A&M women's basketball, but it dawns on me. Eric also does some work down in College Station. I mean, you know, you'll you'll go down there and check out the Aggies from time to time. And apparently, uh, Eric, uh, there's something going on with Gary Blair. Oh, Gary Blair's going in the Basketball Hall of Fame, isn't he? Look at that picture, Eric. Doesn't that almost look like Spurrier? I had to do I had to look twice to make sure that but that's Gary Blair going in the Basketball Hall of Fame. All right, Eric, I'll stop talking and welcome you to my show. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you for that that long introduction. I loved it. It makes me feel so <laughs> regal every time. And if you're talking about me driving around to high school football practice at 440, the only time I have my radio on and I'm in the car is 440 a.m., not as much 4.40 p.m. at this point in time. You're supposed to lean in to all the way. Now, 4.40, you're probably getting ready to anchor some coverage. You and Parker, you know, putting some nice packages, high school packages together. Now, I was looking, you know, and I kind of like, I know when you take a day off, by the way, because I'll go like 16 hours without seeing one of these high school practices. I'm like, Eric must be, Eric must be trying to take a day off or something. But I always kind of enjoy the footage you get, Eric. And I, I know you, you know, you enjoy seeing these coaches too. But like going out to see Academy and then whoever this lefty is for Academy. Oh, look at that Academy A on that football. See that, Eric, that's how, that's what the big timers do. They do these kind of nice shots of the academy football there at midfield, just sitting on the ground. And then you cut straight to the quarterback completing a, a left-handed bomb. Uh, Eric, what did you, you think when you went out there to uh, academy, and, and it's a veteran coach they have, but, boy, he's very early in the process out there at academy. What, uh, what did you make of that scene? Yeah, first of all, talking about that quarterback, love a quarterback – that's rocking a jersey in the 80s, first of all. That's always a good sign, I feel like, for any team. And you talked about it. Mark Mullins, guy who's been in the coaching ranks for a long time, getting that chance to be a head coach now with the Bumblebees. Veteran team as well. A lot of seniors back on this team. Only replacing, I think, eight lettermen from this past season. So a team that's had a lot of success recently, kind of taking those steps forward into where – they make the playoffs every time. And anytime you can make a replacement, a head coach always helps when uh, a guy has experience with the team that he's now the head coach of. And obviously Mullins has that having been the OC last year. So that's, I think, a lot of what they talked about. Yeah, it's a new head coach, but it's still that same kind of system. There's not as much change as maybe you would have if you bring a guy in from another school or another area. So it's kind of like that momentum's continuing to build forward for an academy team that can take advantage of having so much, so many seniors this year and really have a good season. Now, when the Bees take on uh, Hillsboro, there will be a light show 
I mean, see, I go down these rabbit holes when I'm checking on what you're up to. In John Glover Stadium, and I think our friend Darby might have done a story on John Glover Stadium at some point. Anyway, it'll be the first light show, and these college teams do the light shows. I kind of think they're entertaining. They're kind of fun. Uh, Baylor's doing a little bit more of that in the Feral. They're kind of turning off the lights, and then they'll do some weird things with the lights. I don't know if they'll do that at McLean ever, but that's kind of neat. I mean, I, 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 Eric, did you take a peek at that, what they're doing out there at, at John Glover with a, with a light show where they can flash the lights on and off and kind of get the crowd excited out there? I, I did not, Matt. <laughs> Surprisingly, that was not on my list of uh, things that that I was looking for when I was yeah. down there. But I, uh, but I will say – John Glover Stadium, one of the nicer stadiums uh, down in that area. I really enjoy going there. All these schools now, I feel like everywhere I go, no matter what, where they are, uh, I'm constantly impressed by the quality of Texas high school football stadiums. Just being a guy from Ohio, I remember when I was in high school 10 years ago, grass fields everywhere. Now to come here and see turf everything is always really impressive. Now, you were impressed by this coach from Shoemaker, who was out there in the past 24 hours or 48 hours on an 104-degree day. And I hope they're doing it in the morning or evenings. We do not need these kids out there at 2 or 3 in the afternoon right now. Uh, now, some people started school, so you can't really get them out there till about 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock. But I wish they would wait even. You need to kind of, if you're going to practice, need to let that sun start going down and think about doing that at 7 o'clock. I'm here for everybody, all right, for all. I'm sure the athletic trainers are agreeing with me. But you you took a picture of a coach on a day when it was 104 and it felt like 110, and he's out there in a <laughs> – he's got his sweatshirt and sweatpants on, uh, Shoemaker Gray Wolves gear. Uh, Eric, I hope you're not dressing like that. Are you a guy that likes to keep the hoodie on even on a hot day? Uh, absolutely not. Never in a million years. I'm an easy sweater, Matt. I don't need any help from a sweatshirt or sweatpants any day of the week. Really, I was just impressed in general with high school football coaches around Central Texas that we went and talked to. I would honestly say the majority of them, at a minimum, had a long sleeve T-shirt on. Now, when I talked to a couple of them and commented on that, a lot of them, they say, yeah, I'm kind of fair-skinned, so I just don't like to be out in the sun I like to protect my skin in that way, which I can respect a thousand times out of a thousand. Uh, still don't understand how they're able to survive, though, with the long sleeve T-shirts. That's about as impressive a feat as I've seen all summer and now into the fall. All right, some coaches are covering up tattoos. I'm not saying it's the high school coaches, but I, I know of at least one college coach who was always rumored, like, why does he always wear a long sleeve? And it was always rumored he was covering up a tattoo. Eric, when you see when you see some of those long sleeves in crazy weather, at least give that a thought. All right. Eric Kelly from Fox forty four joined the Matt Mosley show. Now what about your, your trip out to C. Ellison? Uh you mentioned Shoemaker. Um man, my man Alan Hare's out there. I'm always kind of interested in what he's out up to. Harker Heights, an incredible team. We'll see what Harker Heights and Temple, as they get it on. When you went out there, Colleen direction, what are some? Of, what were some of your biggest takeaways as you were kind of looking around, investigating what everybody was up to out there with the Eagles and everybody else? Yeah, I'll start with one of those last schools you talked about, 
Harker Heights, who I went and saw pretty early uh, yesterday morning, uh, really impressed by what I saw out of the Knights there because I think a lot of conversation, or at least what you would look at, just looking at this team and the roster makeup, losing a guy like Rashawn Sanford on the offensive side of the ball, who was a two-time Mr. Texas football finalist, you would assume the offense would kind of lose a step a little bit. But the advantage of having a guy like their senior quarterback, Dylan Plake, who's been starting since he was a sophomore and having success since he was a sophomore, that offense looks about as crisp as you'll ever see. Also helps when you have a guy like Mark Humble, who had all that success at Killeen High School and also went on and played college football. So I was really impressed by Harker Heights and the steps that they were able to take forward, especially scheme-wise. Having that spring was huge for the Knights when I talked to them. We'll also go to the first school you talked about, Ellison. Really what they talked about the entire time was how much continuity they built over this summer and spring. They said a little bit at times last year, it felt like there were just different pockets of players that all played together. But now they kind of have that continuity and connectingness, connectingness. I, you know what? We'll try that thing. That yeah. really is going to bring them together uh, this year. And an interesting matchup. It was Ellison and Harker Heights last year in game one. It'll be the same thing again this year. And then Shoemaker, another thing, a lot of talent, experienced team, a lot of guys who, even if they didn't directly start coming back, a lot of guys who have those game reps. Uh, for Toby Foreman, a guy who's had plenty of talent uh, that he's coached over the years. I like that. I like that picture you had of Allen uh, out at Chaparral, Allen Hare. I mean, just that he had that, a little bit of a smirk on his face. He's, he's got that – the hair is always good, and he's got those shades. Allen just looks – he's always in charge. It's good to see him out there in uh, doing that thing. Now, Eric, you also – you were re- you were talking about a reposting. We don't retweet anymore. We repost the final five. Kobe Black. I mean, I, I love looking at like what's happening at Lake Belton. What's happening at Conley? I mean, every time we just look up, you see it at Temple, and and we got five stars in our midst. And I'm not a huge recruiting guru. I never pretend to be that way, but I do like kind of watching it. And checking that thing out, Kobe Black, wow! And I and I, you know, I got to say, I know that's not Baylor green and gold, but I, I see it, and I'm like, come on, Kobe, come on, at least consider my alma mater. I mean, you're you're within a stone's throw of us, but Ohio State, LSU, UT, the Aggies are on there. Um, what are you getting? Are you getting any sense on uh, where Kobe's leaning? as he starts to uh, narrow down his choices for the 2024 early signing period. Yeah, I can't say that I am right now if any of those uh, fans from those schools are listening in and trying to get a read on it. Not exactly sure right now where he's headed specifically, but I will piggyback on the, the point you made about the level of talent in Central Texas. Obviously, I think it gets undershadowed a little bit because you have Houston in the area, Austin in the area, Dallas, in that general area as well. But really the talent that's been coming out of this area is crazy all the way from places like you said, 6A level, Temple, all the way down to a place like Marlin, who's had multiple guys go to Texas at the 2A level in the past few seasons. So really I think more than ever we're seeing more four-star, five-star talent come out of this area. And it's reflected in how much success these teams have had, not only – 
in the area level and in the district level, but also teams making deep runs to the postseason, going toe-to-toe with some of those schools from Dallas and Houston and Austin. All right. I even think about, like, Bryson Jackson. Uh, you know, I mean, well, he's a safety for the Bears, but the, ki- the kid that came out of Franklin, that uh, running back, isn't he Bryson? Is there a Bryson? It's, uh, uh, anyway, I-, I was watching him uh, last year as they went to state, what a- and he's already on the Baylor roster. What, a- what an incredible uh, young player that guy is. What are you, uh, speaking of Baylor, what are you already experiencing as you uh, – as you make the trip over there and you participate, I think I heard your voice talking to Clark Barrington. I mean, a monstrous. He and his brother Campbell have come to town. Six, I don't know, he's like 6'5", 308 pounds. Are you starting to get a feel from talking to these players in this team? Do you kind of Are you starting to think the Bears at least have a shot to make some noise in this conference? Yeah, they certainly have the talent to do so. The big question is, will all that talent kind of form into a team that can compete at the Big 12 level? Big thing Dave Aranda's talked about, and we've seen it uh, throughout this offseason, is really the Bears have embraced the transfer portal more than maybe they did the year before. You got Mike Smith from Liberty, who's going to make a big impact for the team this year. You mentioned the Barrington brothers, Keetron Jackson, another guy from Arkansas. He torched A&M last year in that game in Jerry World, scored the first touchdown of the contest on a long score. And we asked Blake Shapin about him and what stands out about a guy like Keetron Jackson. Mm-hmm. He says his athleticism is the first thing. So for a Baylor wide receiver unit that has some depth to it, but is really wide open in terms of which guy is going to come out and be that number one dude for the Bears this year. I think Keetron Jackson could be a guy to keep your eyes on. And the other thing is really the running back room. I think the running back room is about as deep as any in the country. We saw, obviously, Quaylen Jones no longer on the team there. But you talked about a guy like Bryson Washington. A lot of people have said could make that case to get some carries this year, even amongst the loaded top two backfield, which includes some guys that Clark Barrington said are as good as any that he's ever blocked for. And you got to look at that thinking about the fact that he did play at BYU and blocked for Tyler Algier, who's now about to start his second season with the Falcons at the NFL level. So that's, I think, a big thing with this Baylor team. A lot of talent. The question is, will that talent reflect in the win and loss column? That was a nice way of uh, correcting me from earlier because I knew that didn't sound right. But Bryson Washington from Franklin, you were talking about some of the smaller teams in the area, and that's another juggernaut, you're right, of a back. And I I was kind of down about the Quaylen thing. I kind of liked him. I still like him. But I I think they're going to be okay. I think they're pretty deep at that position, and uh, I'm glad they're playing the transfer portal game now. I mean, you have to do it. Basketball, it's getting just out of hand. Football's been crazy. I mean, the quarterbacks this year, um, did you see that? I don't know if you saw that story the other day, uh, Eric. 63% of all Power 5 starting quarterbacks that are projected to start are all transfers. I mean, we're seeing that position especially the huge in the uh, – in the transfer market. Well, uh, have you gotten your arms around these new teams in the Big 12? Do you find yourself, Eric, starting to to maybe pay a little more attention to Arizona, Arizona State, um, some of these other, you know, Colorado, obviously. It's, um, it's, 
it's kind of sad for those Pac-12 schools that are left over, but it's exciting to have new conference members and uh, to think ahead to what should be a highly entertaining conference um, this season, but also in 2024. Yeah, man, I think every local media market has to mentally prepare for the next year to increase that travel budget a little bit, to start sending people all along the West and East Coast to cover what is the new Big 12. Also, I don't know about you, Matt, I think if a team wants to come to the Big 12, all they got to do is pay Baylor to be in a non-conference slate. You had Utah this year, BYU Mm -hmm. a couple years ago, both in that non-conference for Baylor football. Now both are in to the Big 12. But I think it's only good for the Big 12, a conference that a couple years ago when Texas and Oklahoma were were starting to leave – People thought that this conference was on life support. Now you could argue it's amongst the top three conferences in all of college athletics. And you think about the names. You talked about some of those. Anywhere Dion goes, uh, entertainment uh, also mm-hmm. comes around with it. Also, I know Oregon and Washington were kind of those big names because they went to the Big Ten. You think, okay, those are kind of the schools people are pushing after. I think if you make the argument Utah over the past five years has been as good as any Pac-12 team in terms of the football space and the way that the Utes uh, have produced on the football field. So really the Big 12, uh, I think it's an it's a reason for people to stay up late on Saturday. Not that people needed more of a reason, but now there's a reason to observe that Pac-12 after dark because maybe it could become Big 12 after dark. I don't know who the Big 12 or the Big 10 gets that moniker. Uh, when Brock yeah. teams at from the West Coast. Yeah, let's and I say brought Colorado back, bring Missouri back, bring bring. I mean, I guess the Tigers at your alma mater. I guess they do kind of like the association with the SEC. I don't know how fun it's been. I know those trips have to be a lot of fun, but it is funny to see Colorado thirteen years later turn around and come right back to us. And Mizzou could do it, Eric, because the team they all hated and we're sick of dealing with running the conference, is gone. They're coming to the, uh, uh, the SEC, the mighty SEC. So I find, it, I find it somewhat funny that Colorado and everybody else got out of here trying to leave Texas behind, and now Texas follows some of those folks to the SEC. Hey, man, I would argue that we are having a perfectly good time in the SEC, two-time SEC East champions. Thank you very much. I'll take a lot. No disparaging on the Missouri football team. We're doing great in the SEC. Uh, but I think it's interesting that <laughs> the, the I find it interesting, Matt, that the conference that first started this kind of realignment is somehow the one that still has the regional aspect of it. I like your opinion on this, actually. What you think? Because I think that's been the major concern for a lot of people is you kind of lose the regionality of some of these conferences now with this expansion. Personally, Anything that makes these games happen, I'll take, but I'm interested to what, hear what you say about uh, regionality and, and the conversation surrounding it. Yeah. Well, we we all still love it and, and yearn for it like the old SWC days. And that's why, you know, we, we got so tied into TV markets that you don't think about, hey, what's just best? What's best for some of these games? But the SEC – just kind of has it. And even these far-flung things, we used to think, what's Arkansas doing the SEC? Well, they're bordering these states. I mean, now it all kind of makes sense. But at the time teams were doing this, Eric, everybody was up in arms like, what's Mizzou doing? Why are they doing this? Well, you know, 
it's a fit. It's all a fit in some ways, but uh, uh, yeah, the SEC, and of course they now have Texas and OU, and you're, you're totally right. It's more of an old-school conference than anything else around it, but um, I, I wish we could get away from just thinking, wait, who do we have the Dallas market? Well, we already have, I mean, like the SMU thing, yeah, don't get me started, Eric. There's a lot to be talked about on that front, but uh, listen, it was good to uh, catch up with you. Keep up the great work on these high schools. I I love these things. I, if you're wondering who's consuming this, I'm one of them. I kind of want to know what's happening in Colleen. I want to look at uh, when you went out to Midway the other day. I mean, on a daily basis, <clears throat> that's the kind of stuff I'm following. So keep up the great work, and uh, you and Parker, and I uh, re- really appreciate the time. Thank you, Matt. If you ever want to go on a three-hour tangent about how good the old conferences were, I will give you that ear. <laughs> That's right. You'll bring a camera. Bring a camera up to the studios. I've got. I'll, I'll be happy to provide some uh, some of that for you. But uh, all right, Eric. Well, I appreciate it. Be good. Thank you. You as well, Matt. All right, there he goes from uh, Fox Forty Four. Eric Kelly joining us. Good stuff from Eric. All right, 